0: Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Euphonic. This is episode 007, 007 if I was, you know, we should have done Bond as a theme, or, or uh, Spies or something like that, that was a missed opportunity. Just Goldeneye. I yeah, exactly. Well, that would have been fine, because today we actually have a genre, well not a genre, but a franchise theme uh, as our second theme, so that would have worked. But um, part of me feels like if I listened back to episode, you know, six, I might have said this. And now I forgot, but uh nonetheless.
1: There's no way to ever know.
0: There <laughs> not at all. Um after five downloads, iTunes deletes it forever. So yep. uh we hit that cap this time. But <laughs> anyway, welcome Joe.
1: Welcome, thank you.
0: Uh obviously everyone uh welcome as well if you're listening to this, but we have Nin Sage from Negative World and Nin Temple. That's uh, me. Mm-hmm. Joining me, as always, uh, Dr. Fink. Hello. Or, as I'm known on Nintendo now, Banjo's Backpack. Which
1: is a great name. I, I just think felt that's like... a very fitting name for you.
0: Thank you. Is it because I'm blue and made of cloth? It's because you can store things conveniently. Oh, I do put birds in my pocket. So right. I, I carry them around. I keep them... Until I have to stand on their shoulders and walk up tall hills and steep hills. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, no, I just wanted to change a pace. And um, so if you happen to be listening from Nintemple, welcome as well. And, yeah. uh And now you know who I am and, and why Dr. Fink left.
2: <laughs>
0: but, um, uh, anyway, nonetheless. So it's another episode of the Euphonic. I think people know how this goes by now, but just in case. What we do is uh, Joe and I put out there uh, some themes and we give the forums about a week or two to submit songs based on these themes and then we go through and we kind of have like a narrowing down process that's very top secret um and uh, it's even
1: a secret for me in some ways
0: yeah yeah well the actual only written document telling of how it works is actually in iron mountain so um very very top secret stuff again back to the the spy thing. Why did we not do that? <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, and that's going to be my new phrase, I think is nonetheless. Uh, so what we do is we, we, narrow things down. And then in the, in this season, we pick five from that pack. And then Joe and I also submit a song of our own choosing that was not submitted um, by anyone else. And then we top it off with a 15th and final song at the end. But we go through these and we just talk about the games or the songs or whatever the hell we really want uh, long enough to bore you just on the cusp of turning it off, and then we play another song. Yes. Brings it back in. Yes. And then we kind of repeat this about 15 times an episode. Yes. So, it's
1: like slowly being tortured.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, Great music. So sit back, um, tie one wrist to the chair, but you can leave the other one free for now, and enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Joe, the, the themes today are sports and Pokemon. All right. The themes never make sense with each other. Um, nope. Oh, they did once, though. I think it would fire and ice is what we did, like episode three or four. Right. But regardless, nonetheless. I
1: mean, um, Pokemon could kind of be a, a sport in that universe.
0: Well, Mop it, up, Mop it Up mentioned in the thread, like she was one of the first uh, posts when she said that she actually wishes that there was a Pokemon sports game. Which I'm kind of surprised in some ways that there hasn't been something like that. Like considering soccer and Pokemon are on their legs a lot, and a lot of them are uh, quadrupeds and stuff like that, and uh, bipeds. It yeah, would be it kind was, of neat to do like a Pokemon soccer or something.
1: Wasn't Pikachu like the official mascot of the Japanese soccer team a few years ago? I
0: I didn't know that, but I wouldn't doubt
1: it. I feel like um, I feel like he was on their the side of their jet or something like that. Like, it went to that extent.
0: Pikachu can't learn fly. What are you talking about? But he can learn surf in some games. So there's a Japanese tugboat out there with Pikachu's face on it.
1: That would be very cool.
0: Um, hmm. Well, so, we have these two themes, and we're gonna go for no reason other than that's how we decided it. We're gonna start with the sports. Uh Uh-huh. And I say we just stop talking and we kind of jump into it. Yeah. Um, You know, one other rule is that well, yeah, one other rule about the show is that we don't tell you what the song is or what the game <laughs> is from ahead of time. Obviously, the, the franchise for the Pokemon series is going to be pretty obvious. That but, one's a giveaway. But, but which specific game? Exactly. So, uh, I, well, okay, fine. I'm just going to spoil it. They're all from Pokemon Snap. <laughs> so. Yep. <laughs> I did look at those in my selection <laughs> just to see if I hadn't forgotten a gym, and there really aren't too many gyms. There. Never played so, that game, you know. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun but nonetheless let's uh, do this we're gonna make this a drinking game by the way every time i say nonetheless just take a shot (laughs) all right let's get into this okay our first song today uh was specifically chosen for this position of the show to help get us amped up for a great episode so please enjoy so good that amped me up totally so this is gonna be a great episode absolutely even though i'm not a big fan of this game but we'll get into that so i don't know if anyone out there knows what this game is but this was uh, a song chosen by gabe dan grant gg i had to let you say that for sure yeah this is a punch out double exclamation point i think you've got to pronounce it that way mm-hmm. um no this is a punch out for the wii this is mm-hmm. the minor circuit fight song. Classic. And I you know I know Punch Out. Obviously, I know the NES game. I've played that a little bit. Uh, I know Little Mac and the Punch Out Mo from, uh, you know, Smash Brothers. And then there's also that. Um, you're the man now, dot com. Okay. Do you, know, do you know the website? No. It's uh, what is it? Uh, Yt. M, uh, you're the man. Uh, ytmnd okay. um, Dot com, I believe. Sure. And um, it was like at an era in the internet where this I don't know just this just fit into the internet. You know, before like I think even YouTube was big, but it was just a GIF and a, and a musical track, <laughs> and they had a lot of them that made fun of like uh, the coach from Punch Out and, and um, the box. Maybe it's Little Mac, but the boxer on the bike and stuff like that, or, or the okay. coach on the bike. I forget. Tons of funny stuff about that. And um, so I'm, I'm very aware of the series, but I've never really gotten all, into the...
1: All referencing the uh, Sean Connery quote
0: in um, some way? No, no, no. They weren't all linked to that, but that is definitely exactly uh, where that came from. <laughs> right. So a uh, nice pickup. Amazing. But yeah, I've never been to the series, but I love this song.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really play the nes game very much uh hardly at all actually it was available uh to play for free in a woolworth's department store uh before i had a nintendo they had one hooked up there uh, for demo purposes uh and i used to go and play that sometimes when uh my mom was shopping there but uh they had the power to that system on like a five minute reset or something, you know, so you could only play for five minutes and then and then it would the power would kick off and then back on again. So I fought against Glass Joe like a hundred times or whoever the first you know, first person is in that in that game. I
3: think and like that right. was
1: about it. Like that was that was the extent of my of my punch out experience back then. Um, I got the Wii game and I loved it. It was, it was really, really great. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an outstanding game. I, I, you know, plays very similarly to the original. It's basically just kind of like a souped up version of, of that. Um, But it was awesome. So what, uh, what turned you off about it?
0: Well, I just don't really care for the gameplay. It's, it's, it looks too puzzly kind of, I don't feel the puzzle aspect at all even though I know that's all it is. But um, I guess I just don't like the 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 fact that if I guess I if I mess up the puzzle, miss up, mess up, if I screw up the puzzle, then I'm going to get punched in the face and like <laughs> and if you do that if that happens too much to you then you just lose and I didn't like I guess that that premise. Right. So uh I also it, it's it's also about like following an exact chain of command more or less, like an exact pattern yes. which I haven't really liked that kind of thing. Too much. I mean, in Bit Trip Runner, where that it's exactly the point of the game. Right. I have a lot more fun with that, and I think that's just because of the, the type of game they crafted. But in general, when it comes down to that, I'm not a huge fan. Like I hate the game Simon, for example. Okay. Yep. So, you know, I guess it's just just me. I certainly well, see why it's a big long term uh, franchise, even though they haven't made too many of them.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, have you ever? Did you ever play the Super Nintendo one? No. I haven't really either. Uh, my roommate in college had it and I watched him play it once and he was, you know, like an expert at it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because, you know, people do talk about punch out, uh, like this hallowed, uh, Nintendo pillar, but, but really it's, it's really not at all. I mean, it's three games total, right? One's a remake. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think it was kind of really impactful for its time and, you know, maybe kind of like has just left a, an impact that way. Mm. But, um, you know, when you, it, it really, it really is just purely opinion, like anything. So like to hear you describe it as like, you know, this fast paced puzzle that kind of punishes you when, when you don't get it right and, and to boil it down to like this rote memorization stuff. Like, yeah, if that's, if that's what the game makes you feel, then that's, you know, that's not really fun at all. So, um, yeah. And I will say that uh, even though I loved playing through the game, it was the kind of thing where I was not motivated at all to say, pick it up and play it again. So it was the kind of thing where I, I really enjoyed going through that sort of quest, but it's not the kind of thing like you know some of the other sports games on this list. The idea is that you know you could pick it up at any time over a span of years and years, and you just play it the way that you would always be down for a game of basketball, right? Like it's different every time, and the sport itself is just kind of an excuse for you know the competition, or whatever. Uh since Punch Out is so much like a puzzle game to me anyway, once you figure it out, there maybe isn't that incentive for replay value, you know, sure. or to come back to it because you know it's kind of a, a puzzle that once you solve maybe it's it's not as fun to, to revisit. But
0: you know, yeah, a quick aside for that feeling is I was on a work trip recently and I had some, you know my DS with me for the hotel in the evening and so that keep me busy. And uh, I was at the at a Meyers beforehand, and that's just a grocery store for those uh, listening who don't uh, know them. I don't know if they're uh, throughout the States, but regardless. Yep. I picked up a logic puzzle book, like a logic problems book,
2: uh-huh. and I
0: really liked those. I was addicted to them for quite a while. Uh, I did one, though, and I was just like, even though the stories are different and the clues are different, the the exact same method that you go through almost doesn't require you to read the story or care about the story. It's <laughs> just all, it's all memory. It's kind of just the same process. So I kind of lost interest and it hasn't been touched, you know, since. And mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I wasted five bucks on it. I don't know if I'm going to go back and do any more puzzles. Right. You know? And so um I understand the, the you know, premise you're going for here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One thing that I do think is neat about Punch-Out, though, is how, the it,
1: ethnic stereotypes. I know you love those.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Oh no, that's no. not it. Okay.
0: No, is how you know. There's there, we, there's been discoveries over the years about secret visual cues regarding oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. the tells that aren't necessarily even with the the enemy itself. Right. Well, j- this is kind of timely because just in uh, April of this year, somebody discovered a another visual cue that was never discovered before. For a different fight. It was for, I believe, the Piston Honda fight, the second fight. And there's this bearded... Well, I guess it's a bearded. It could be an alien or a ninja or who knows, you know. Um, But it's a bearded character in the stands, like uh, six or seven away from the left side of the screen. And they don't move at all. But then suddenly uh, he, like, flashes a camera or something, or he moves or something, and that's when... Piston Honda is going to put his uh, put himself in a position where you can one one hit KO him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty neat. That little secrets like that were put in there. I yeah. feel like that hasn't happened in games in later generations, and I miss that about video games, frankly.
1: Right. Yeah, it is really cool how. Yeah, I think we probably mentioned this uh, recently, but you know, someone breaking the world speed record for Mario One still. I mean, you know, the fact that these things can still sort of be trickling out and, and making the games interesting and, and relevant and novel you know 30 plus years later just really speaks to the design of them and, and really the um the quality that went into the the crafting of those games very mm-hmm. very impressive
0: absolutely so fantastic pick, game Deck grant appreciate you getting us started on the right foot yeah. Um, I guess since these are sports, I will, you know, if it's not clear enough, I'll explain why it's related to sports. But obviously, boxing is a sport, and that's boxing why it was chosen. Yep. But also, I'm not a big fan of boxing in general, so maybe that's one of the reasons yeah. why the game never clicked with me.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, it, it works for me because it's like cartoony boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, personally, the idea of real boxing, even though I totally respect the the sort of martial arts. Yeah. uh angle to it um I, I think boxing is cool from that from that perspective but uh the whole beating another person senseless thing that's that's not really my uh cup of tea so so i like the the cartoony over-the-top approach of of punch out i think you know that's that's the kind of that's the way that that i can en- enjoy that that uh that sort of thing is, sure. is in that in that version
0: Well, we'll see if that has any relation to the next uh, song, shall we? Let's find out. Let's take a listen. Song number two. This one, uh, the sport here is baseball. Uh-huh. The submitter was Octo Rockin', and, and I don't know how many people are going to recognize this this track because even it, though it's obscure, it is it is a little obscure. Yeah, uh, I have played this a little bit this game, but uh, this is Rusty's real deal baseball for the 3ds. Mm. And I wonder how many people even would think about this game when they think of a sports game. It's not right. that old. It's about two years old now. I think th- this didn't really hit it off with a lot of people, at least not in our community, because maybe of how it was kind of released and the whole premise behind it. Uh, did you play this at all? I did not. Okay, so you didn't. Um, I played the demo, uh, which was fun enough, but the, the game was free. It was free to play, and so I guess I played the free version, but what you would do is you would buy more modules, so to speak, more games to add to your repertoire of baseball games. And I suppose the games were pretty fun from what I had heard from people who did play it. But I think a lot of people were turned off by the whole, you have to kind of haggle and barter your way down the prices, which for some people who weren't successful would pay higher for the same exact content than others. Right. Right. It's an interesting concept, but you're playing with real money. So I think right. that sets people off a little bit. And then I don't think people really knew what they were going to get into when they bought something, so you didn't want to waste your money, especially if you're not paying the lowest price on something that you uh, may not enjoy, Uh and you can't like return a game and get a different one. So I think if you if you haggled the lowest price as possible, you'd end up paying like sixteen bucks US. Okay. Which I think this would have been better if they just sold it for fifteen bucks flat out or something. Yeah. I might have been more interested in it, because in the demo, the only thing that I can remember from the demo was playing a game where I was batting, and obviously there I was pitching. People were pitching to me, and you had to hit the balls into certain parts of the outfield, and hit pretty much you're hitting home runs constantly, and you're trying to hit home runs. And mm-hmm. you do that by, hit, by timing it right. But you'd also try to hit certain home runs in certain areas at certain times to get points. Okay. Or, like, I think hit UFOs even. Like, that's how weird it was. It was pretty tough, really. But I had a lot of fun with it, and I just played it for a little while until I kind of hit that wall where I needed to pay more money to get further in the game or, or just change things up and- mm-hmm. I said no thank you
1: yes now did you would you ever have any indication that you were at the lowest possible price during the haggling process
0: as someone who didn't haggle i, I don't really recall what i've heard okay. but i think i think you well you know i I don't want to say the way you're right I, I can't yeah even.
1: because in some ways that would kind of break it like if you knew you weren't at the lowest price then why would you ever pay anything but the lowest price but if you don't know then it could kind of be annoying and frustrating because you'd constantly be like well am i getting ripped off here i don't know and mm-hmm. I think ideally you're supposed to approach it like, well, it doesn't really matter if I get the lowest price or not. This kind of is the game, but as you said, it's real money, so people don't generally like playing games with their real money unless there's some illusion of big winnings on right. the other end, you know. Casinos. Yeah.
0: So here's the kicker though. Each game itself is worth four bucks each. So 10 mm. minigames in the game, that's $40. Mm. That's an expensive, you know, that, that's like a full price 3DS game. Right. And for you to be able to haggle, haggle your way down to $16, that's a big window of opportunity. And if you're not successful, that really would piss me off. You know, it'd be like, yeah. it'd be like if you could go to Toys R Us during a buy one, get one free sale or buy one, get one half off and somehow intentionally not do that. Right. By buying one and getting one as well. Like, buying two games. But nope, he just didn't, like, uh, stand in the right place next to the register, so you actually have to pay more. You know, that's stupid. Yeah. So I think Rusty failed there, and I remember people really enjoyed his... uh, Well, some people... I guess some people thought it was stupid, but he would kind of go into elaborate tales about all of his kids, and that he he had a big backstory, which was kind of neat for me. Right. But... At the same time, you want to get to the content, and he's just kind of long-winded, and you didn't really know why you should care about him. So,
1: Well, I remember seeing articles about how, like, you know, Nintendo is trying to guilt you out of your money or something like that, you know? But it was supposed to be a joke. I mean, it's kind of a...
0: Well, he was kind of like, he ran like a baseball card shop type place, you know? uh Uh-huh. So that kind of stuff. Wasn't he like a
1: retired player or something?
0: I think so. Yeah. I think there's that link to him being in the leagues or something, Mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, his name was rusty slugger. So Hmm. I mean, that would make sense.
1: Do you think Nintendo overestimated how much America still cares about baseball?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, is it popular in Japan? It is. Okay. I mean, I knew that there was a popularity. I didn't know if it was still going, but yeah, perhaps that was part of it. I guess I don't know the sales numbers between the two countries, but um, yeah, I I don't know. A lot of people around me seem to like baseball, but I guess not that many people I know follow it closely. Mm -hmm. And we haven't had a good baseball game on a Nintendo console in a long time. So perhaps that alone just kind of means that the fan base doesn't care.
1: What's the last one you can think of?
0: There's Super Mario Sluggers, okay. Which I never got to play, but I think I might have enjoyed if I had. <laughs> uh, I guess there's an aspect of Wii Sports. Yes, I did enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, that but, was pretty cool. But like Ken Griff- Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball or uh, Bases Loaded for the NES. I mean, these- do you remember that one where you were like uh,
1: robots and you could like buy different parts for your baseball playing robots
0: that sounds familiar but i can't think of the name
1: i can't either yeah Is that it's an probably N64 just
0: 64 game
1: no nes nes okay then i really it's don't It's probably know. just robo baseball or something like that yeah probably something stupid like that
0: but Robocop anyway. presents baseball in detroit <laughs> yep. yep uh yep. no but i feel like looking that up now that'd be that'd be interesting our next, uh our next theme for the next show should be uh, robotic sports, and then we'll make sure we just put one of those songs in there. Sure. <laughs> but uh, alas, our listeners do not have to bargain with us for more content. We're going to give it to you free. Oh, are we doing that? Whether you like it or not. Well, yeah. Well, we charge like 20 bucks an episode, right? True. Did okay. you put that in place? I thought you were going to do that.
1: I never got around to that.
0: No. I thought we had like three Patreons hey. and a Kickstarter. Uh, oh, shoot. Something, something fell through the cracks. Yeah. I'm going to blame Rusty's kids. <laughs> well, anyway. So, Joe and I didn't really play this game, but this was a great track by Octorock, and, and considering we hadn't <laughs> yeah, played it... Yeah, I like the it, music a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, it kind of makes you wish that we had played a little more. Uh, and, hey, you know, I, it's probably on my 3DS still, deep in a folder somewhere that I completely forgot about, so I should, uh, I should eh, look into it. Uh-huh. And there's probably guides all over how to correctly haggle now, so I That's can get true. the lowest price. Regardless, let's move on to our third song. Sound good? Okay. Okay. It's going to get a little cold in here, though. So is it no surprise to you that this game, this song came out in a game that was released in the 90s?
1: No surprise at all.
0: (laughs) It was the late 90s, but the 90s nonetheless. Mm -hmm. This kind of reminds me maybe of a more early, mid-90s thing, but, uh, although perhaps, hey, it was in development at that time. Maybe that's what what it was. This was a early, um, yeah, uh, no, actually kind of a not super early uh, N64 game. Hmm. But this uh, this song pick was by our uh, Negative World site owner, Zero. And this is called Dance from the 1080 snowboarding game for the N64. Mm-hmm.
1: Bit of a change of pace yeah. from mm, most every song we've had on this show before. <laughs> I like that, baby. It's a good song, baby. It's very <laughs> catchy
0: dunce yourself to death that's kind of a very hard part very of it yeah
1: it definitely comes from that era where you could just put like that kind of techno beat and then some random audio vocal clips that have yeah. no meaning together <laughs> and there's always like the guy who could be from like a 1950s instructional video all oh, right or something you know are like
0: uh
1: put one foot in front of the other <laughs>
2: <laughs> nts, nts, nts.
1: maintain a high temperature
0: nts, nts,
1: nts. wear your seatbelt
0: <laughs> yep we should do our own song like this
1: but then you've got the yeah. sassy girl who's like we don't know exactly she sli- what she's doing but she's she, she likes marbles. it
0: that's why she sounds like she's falling over at parts of mm. it. mm-hmm Underwater, and
1: uh yeah, she's just she's she's very happy.
0: Would you believe that this, the same composer who composed this game, uh, and again I don't know the specifics of this song, but the game itself was composed by the same guy who did Mario Kart sixty four, hmm. Mario Kart seven, Mario Kart eight, and really worked on those games. Yeah, I mean, of- I can
1: I can see the sort of you know the upbeat, dancey kind of kind of techno groove but uh,
0: but again with such a huge link to Mario uh, Kenta Nagata is the uh, composer for this game and that just surprised me to hear that
1: yeah this doesn't sound quite as polished as some of that other stuff sure. it sounds a little bit more disposable dance pop kinda
0: but for a but snowboarding game I mean I, I would I, I I was more of an SSX guy that's when mm-hmm. I got into the snowboarding video games but, tricky, um, yeah, tricky, and on tour were were two big ones for me. But I didn't really get into this game. However, this this would be music I could I could snowboard to, you know, mm-hmm. doing tricks and speeding down the mountain and everything. It had a, a good vibe for it. Yep, yep, yep. Did you play any snowboarding games? Uh,
1: the only snowboarding games I ever played was uh Sean White on the Wii. Oh yeah, Shaun which White. I actually liked quite a bit, and that had a good soundtrack as well. But that was um you know, licensed
0: music. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's why we didn't pretty much see any music from SSX because the whole right. series kind of has great songs. Yep. Uh, in the past, I've actually listened to, you know, YouTube playlists of just those songs because they're so well put together, but yeah, well, yeah, no, I appreciate zero for digging deep into the past for this one.
1: Yeah, it's good. I think it's nice when we have kind of, uh, you know, songs that are not like the others. Right. On the show. So that's right. cool,
0: and it's good to remember this game because I never got to play it, but uh, it was well well received back then. I mean, a lot of eighty eights and eights and eight point sixes, according to uh, the reception aggregator over at Wikipedia,
2: uh-huh. and
0: they've all got references, so I ain't lying.
2: <laughs>
0: but uh, but yeah, March ninety eight is when this game came out, so that's um, okay. in the U.S. So well. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't have too much else to say. I mean, it is kind of just a a constant driving song, and if you'd like, we can take it right into the fourth song. Let's do. All right, let's change the pace, because that's definitely what this song's about to do. Absolutely. out of Kawasaki for some reason right now.
1: Definitely. Yeah, maybe
0: it's just the summertime that's... Or maybe it's the fact that this Octo-Rockin' Pick was uh, from an actual really great game from the N64 era as well. And for those who aren't aware of the song and the uh, the game, this is WaveRay Race 64's Drake Lake. Oh. Which is referenced a lot as Milky Lake on the internet. And I'm guessing that's a Japanese translation or something? Okay. But Drake Lake is the U.S. version as far as I knew it. And uh, I love this game. I don't know about you.
1: I have not played this game.
0: Never? Nope. What about its uh, sequel? Nope. Wow.
1: I played the very first one. No, this is the first one, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Okay, I played this one. Well, oh, shoot. No, I don't know. Because there might have... Um... No, I think there was one on the Game Boy.
2: What? Yes, I think, I
0: think... I don't want to click too loud and make noise, but let me click this here. We have to,
1: we're going to have to take this to the interweb.
0: Yeah, okay. I was I was not wrong. I remember this. I never had this one, but in 1992, July 1992, the hot summer heat caused a total drought in the video game world until Nintendo made a splash with Wave Race for the Game Boy.
1: Wow.
0: Obscure yeah, facts yeah. brought to
1: you exclusively by Negative World.
0: Yeah, and then... Uh, I did not know that. In 96, right at the beginning of the N64 era, uh, they came out with um, Wave Race 64.
1: Wow. I really just assumed that the whole Wave Race thing was just kind of an excuse to uh, build a game around their new pretty you know, 3D engines and stuff like that.
0: It probably was a good excuse. You know, I don't... Right. I think they would have came up with a sequel a bit sooner if it was more of a hot commodity. There's about a 4-year gap there, but Sure. Uh for this time of of Nintendo gaming and gaming in general, I mean the water physics were really great. Yep. Yep, and they're to really this, just getting there. To the to this day I still think they're pretty good. You know. Yeah. And uh I love the stages and I thought they were all really varied nicely. I mean the Can't really say. The the characters, yeah, I played
1: this for like like a half an hour in someone's dorm room was that was my experience with with ray race, but i really really liked it like i this was one of the games that uh made me wish that i had an n64 yeah i had a playstation but this is one of the games where i was like ah is there any way i can finagle another console out of this generation
0: there was a so was... nice Jet ski game on one of the Sony systems. I can't recall what it. it was. Oh,
1: Jet Moto. Yeah, Jet Moto. That was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, so, I loved that
0: game. Yeah, I did like that. I didn't. I didn't hate on it just because it was not Nintendo or something.
1: Totally different, because like Jet Moto was um, a lot more. Uh, well, I mean, it was like it was it was out there. Like w- Wave Race is supposed to be kind of realistic, right? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Jet Moto is like you're flying off of waterfalls and through the sky and all kinds of right. crazy stuff.
0: But yeah. Anyway. No, especially when you put it in that way. Yeah. It's, it's all pretty grounded. Um, cause PlayStation you, is extreme, man. So to like, the max in one of the levels, you're, uh, jet skiing through like icebergs and stuff, which is really unrealistic. But okay. otherwise, you know, like this, this particular track, Drake Lake is obviously on a lake. There's a lot of fog, it's kind of swampy a little bit, but I remember there was a lot of branching paths and a lot of chances to slow you down. But it was all pretty much uh, a circle, almost like a like a like a typical racetrack might be. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: it was it was a, a great game, and I loved pretty much every level in the game. And this is a fantastic pick if you had to pick a song from the game. I mean, yeah, the soundtrack nice. was nice, but this was a nice uh, one of the nicer ones. I I, liked it. I never owned this game, but I had played it quite a bit through, like, Blockbuster and all that stuff. Ah, and then game uh, rental. I've got it on the Wii, I believe. Not on my Wii U. I don't even know if it's on that virtual console, but I have it on the Wii, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was a blast to play through again many years later. Cool. Yeah.
1: Was it, um, was it purely just, like, first one to the finish, or were there other means of, of winning?
0: It was first one to the finish um so that was nothing you could miss but you did have five chances to miss buoys so you had to still race but you had to race left of certain buoys and right of other buoys and they were color-coded and if uh if you didn't then you'd be disqualified so you did have to kind of share a path you couldn't just always take all the shortest shortcuts and everything and
1: if you miss one Like you don't get like a time penalty or anything like that.
0: No, no time penalty. Uh, You miss the first one, the announcer goes, "No problem." (laughs) Um, If you hit the first couple, he's like, "Good, great," and like I love the announcer in this game. By the way, that's why I'm knocking this. Uh
2: Um,
0: If you fall off your jet ski because you hit something, he goes, "Whoa!" (laughs) Or you bump into somebody, "Watch out!" You know, like (laughs) this guy was great. But yeah, if you miss, um, if you miss five, that's just that just cuts you out.
1: So, so, does that mean the optimal thing to do is to like miss four in creative ways if then? you
0: if you knew for sure you wouldn't miss that fifth one, then yeah. yes, so sure. I would do that on occasion too yeah there's a there's an obvious one, and they didn't they didn't come up too often in the stages, but there once in a while was a buoy that you knew if you missed it you'd save a lot of time so right a lot of times you would just be trying to cut it so close that you'd slip and miss it by accident, mm-hmm. which is a big old waste so i don't recall exactly how many people were on screen at the same time. It could have been maybe maybe up to eight, something okay. like that. Uh, no, 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 or is it four? I think it might be four. I but, think oh, I can't help you. Yeah, I can't help myself either. It was somewhere between f- four and eight total riders. There was four you could choose from, but I'm trying to think if, if you race against others more than that in the N64 version. In Blue Storm, which came out for the GameCube, it was a launch title for the GameCube. That yeah, so game had a lot game. more. Oh man, I love that game too. That took this concept and made it even better. Mm-hmm. I, I still, to this day, do not understand one of my fundamental misunderstandings of Nintendo's philosophy is why there weren't more wave race titles.
1: Yeah, it seems like going back to what I was saying a minute ago about just showing off the, uh, you know, the the new generations pretty graphic seems like kind of a no-brainer for you know for anything yeah. like that but you know it could be that they're just like if you want a nintendo racing game you buy mario kart and we don't want to water down the uh that philosophy or something pun like pun intended <laughs> sure <laughs> since you like puns sure
0: yeah uh Ah, maybe that's the case, but I could see them skipping the Wii generation because I don't think motion controls would have added too much to this. But uh, just to put on the Wii U with the HD graphics and everything would have been really, really yeah. nice.
1: Well, it is also kind of a thing like the way that we got F-Zero carts and tracks in Mario Kart Eight, where like there was a there was a um, a jet ski section in Wii Sports Resort, was it? Uh, probably one of those two. Yeah, I you know I have this image in my head of Reggie, uh, pretending to rev the uh, the engines on. Yeah, a, that does make sense. I think you're right. Yeah. So you know, so it can it could also be the kind of thing where they think they're still giving us wave race. They'd be like, you know, if you were like, why isn't there another wave race? They'd be like, well, it's you know, got the jet skis and we sports, bro. Play that.
0: <laughs> That's something Reggie what would you say, play? actually. Yeah.
1: Have some Pizza Hut pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would love to do. I'm all for that.
0: Yeah? Yeah. We'll call them up. It'll get here by uh, Song 10. Yeah. So, you know, I guess some final thoughts here is that, you know, for a game, a jet ski game with great water physics, different weather effects different style of stages. I mean, it was a a great series and we'd love to see it back. Um, I think when it came out on the Wii in the virtual console, they actually had to take away the Kawasaki branding. Oh, okay. Makes sense. And, uh, I, I'm reading this right now. I don't recall seeing this in the game, but I guess there was Fanta branding as well. Ah, which I thought was interesting to read just now. Don't you want to want a Fanta? I want a wave race. Okay. How about a Fanta instead? (laughs) Uh, It doesn't quite cut it. It doesn't quench the thirst of a game like Wave Race. See what you're saying? Yeah. But, again, another great game, another great song. Thank you, Rockin', for the submission. Yes. And, uh, you know, I guess from a water standpoint, the next game does kind of relate. So let's hit uh, our final of the five user selected sports songs. So that's a song that I probably could accidentally leave on Extended or something for Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like an hour and not get really sick of it.
1: Yep, totally. Um,
0: Fantastic theme. It's a main theme selected by PokeFreak911. It's it's from Wii Sports Resort.
1: Yes. Outstanding game.
0: The sequel, of course, to Wii Sports, and both games are fantastic games in Nintendo's lineup. True, They both really succeed at what they're trying to do. And it's just another mini
1: game collection, Steven. It's just for filthy casuals, bro. <laughs>
0: well, they should bathe.
1: Give me another mini game collection, Nintendo.
0: I don't know. You know, I those games always felt more in depth than a mini game. I guess. True. I guess it depends on the person's definition of a mini game. To me, a mini game is Mario Party games. Those mm-hmm. are mini games. Uh, micro games from the Wario uh, Ware series. Right. You know, these things that are supposed to take like thirty seconds or no more than a minute, but these the sports and we sports resort and we sports in general always felt way more fleshed out.
1: I can't even tell you how much time I spent on the uh, piloting portion of yeah. Wii sports resort. Oh yeah, I mean I one hundred percented that biatch. So
0: I, f- I freaking loved it, and that's what led me to buy uh, Pilot Wings Resort yes. instantly.
1: Exactly. Yep. Except I waited several years, but. Uh, yes. <laughs> Same idea.
0: Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was, that was actually probably my favorite one. Yeah, me too. And so good. I don't think Miyamoto's envisioning of Woohoo Island as becoming its own thing really ever took off. I thought the levels in Mario Kart were great. I thought. Yeah, yeah they were. It's inclusion in the exact game you're talking about, the flights, uh, yeah. you know, flying one yeah. was a really great thing to explore mm-hmm. in the piloting. And then also parachuting, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I love that island, and and, and we we fit you, and I think even we fit. Uh, it's in there for both. I mean, they use they use that island, and right. it's, it's a nice place. I wish there was more done with it. To be honest with you,
1: yeah. I mean, it feels like there was some rich richness to mine there. In that you know, when you fly around, you hit the different checkpoints, and it'll say like I don't remember them exactly, but some of them would be like you know wrecked ship or something like that and you kind of wonder like well you know what what's the story behind this so there was room for lore so to speak to be expanded on from from that like they could have done more with it um it's probably just a matter of whether they felt like they had the gameplay to necessitate it because as you know you know miyamoto don't make no games unless there's a some new some newfangled mechanic to go with it. You right. know. He's not a big fan of story for story's sake, so but I certainly think it provided an outstanding backdrop to uh to these games that we that we just listed.
0: Absolutely. There's so there's piloting, there's parachuting, there's cycling, canoeing, mm-hmm. uh power cruising, which would be the um jet ski more or less, right? Mm-hmm. Uh they put bowling and golf back in, which yeah it's easy enough to do.
1: Yeah. Not really the first thing you think of with a resort, but no. they had to get them back. Well, so golf, that's maybe. Like, I could see golf. Golf, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was good. I actually, I really liked that. And that actually made me uh, really excited on the Wii U for the, um, you know, the little, like, Wii Sports micro packs, oh, you yeah. know, where you could just buy golf or baseball or whatever it was. And I, I bought the golf one, and I loved it, but there was never anyone online to play against. Right. It very sad in that sense
0: i think people were just kind of tapping. Over, over it by yeah. then yeah uh the Wii, the Wii motion plus attachment really did improve on the golf mm-hmm. in, in this version of it i felt even though i'm not a fan of the golf in these games i'm not a fan of golf in general okay even though every second that i age i get just a little bit more interested in golf because i uh. realize who wouldn't want to be on the beautiful golf courses on a nice day right you know Um, it's kind of like how I used to hate naps, you know, and then you get to college and you realize that's stupid. Well, you hate (laughs) golf and then you get older and you realize, well, that's stupid. Let's just go on the green, you know?
1: Right. Uh, a loss. Make some high powered
0: business decisions. Oh oh, yes. Just share the business cards and make some deals, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then go to a Chili's afterwards and continue. Okay. Uh, I feel like the something <laughs> that high-powered people do. They go to Chile. I don't
1: know. I don't know if they do. I'm, I'm not <laughs> high-powered, so
0: I uh, me um, Other games, uh, other sports were table tennis, yep. which I liked better than the tennis and Wii sports uh, okay. myself. Um, basketball, didn't play a lot of that.
1: Yeah, that was okay. It was all right. It didn't make you feel anything like you were playing basketball, well, was, but was it was a, a fun game.
0: It I was know. you couldn't really control where you were shooting from, right? I, of,
1: I never really totally understood it, to
0: th- be honest. I think it was like an on rails basketball game. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm not sure how you would have controlled it otherwise, but I think to call it basketball is a little cutting it short, <laughs> or, right. or not cutting, maybe giving it too much. Actually, yes. is how I should say yes. So they 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 cut the game itself too short. Mm-hmm. Archery was a cool. Archery touch.
1: was awesome. That's probably my second favorite. So good, I played that uh a friend set that up a few few months ago, had people over for games, and just had we sports resort kind of running in the background. A lot of people did bowling, but um, I was all about the archery very, very fun still holds up mm-hmm.
0: did you play a lot of frisbee?
1: No, um, I am terrible at throwing frisbees in real life, and that carried over to this game. I really don't know it's like it's like I don't know. I just, whatever that is, I know that throwing a frisbee is like the easiest thing in the world, but I just, like, cannot do it. It's, so. really,
0: it's not the easiest thing. I mean, you have to have the timing, and uh, it really is a lot of the wrist, I feel like. Yeah. But I think people use too much wrist, which sounds weird. Um, I don't know. We're still talking about frisbee, everybody. Uh, yeah, what? baby. <laughs> there know. goes the boom. <laughs> There goes the boom. Um, and now we're talking about me face planting and wakeboarding, which was another sport. Uh, smack in that water, man. Uh, and then the final one was sword play, which I thought was really fun. Yeah, that's good stuff. I have fond memories of playing sword play uh, in Wii Sports Resort with my probably like three. Let's see. This came out in 2009. No way. Wow. The guy was like two, <laughs> playing with my my young nephew, but I remember he was really young and he didn't really know what he was doing. But he had a lot of fun playing sword the sword playing with mm-hmm. me. He would he would he understood that we were kind of battling. He right. used to kind of shake the shit out of the controller and, and I would probably let him win half the time, you know. And then other times I'd would, I would win so that way I could you know make sure he uh, he felt the drive to keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a few times he bested me too, which made me feel like a real loser. Okay. A two-year-old beating me at Wii Sports Resort play, but uh, but again, he was he was like a ninja with the uh, the Wii you know. Uh-huh. So uh, some good memories, great game. Uh, I you know I can't say that the music in the game is that memorable to me, but the, the this theme track is I the feel. theme. Yeah, the theme itself is, and I'm really glad that it was mentioned in the uh, in the thread. So yeah and, and it is a
1: really deep. high quality track. Like there's there's a lot of good uh instrumentation and 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 musicality going on in oh, that it's track. Oh, beautifully so, done.
0: Yeah. I mean it's so rich to me. Yep. And I don't know what other songs I would use that term with, but to me when I hear that track it's rich. Mhm. And, and frankly beautiful, so.
1: Yeah, I mean you know, I was joking about people that would call these uh mini game collections, but you know, I think to your point about richness like when you think of a mini game collection, its soundtrack does not have this kind of oomph behind it, you know, right typically
0: absolutely it's got like one of the tracks from the ten snowboarding game, but just one like not all five layers just one layer <laughs> do do doom, do that's about it mm-hmm. minigame collection. <laughs> maybe not okay, so let's move on then uh from pokey Freaks track to uh to yours We'll we'll start off with your your pick uh, and my pick uh this is exciting going with ninsage versus always so let's enjoy
1: This is my childhood right here, Stephen. That yeah. we're listening to. Uh, that was it. That was uh, it's one of the most important pieces of music in my formative years.
0: <laughs> maybe so, not. But... So no Mozart, no Beethoven. It was nope. Tecmo Super Bowl.
1: Yep. No Nirvana. Just Tecmo Super Bowl. Well,
0: that's a
1: great right, song. Maybe, man. maybe I'm getting a little extreme. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, this is indeed Tecmo Super Bowl for the NES um uh did you play this game
0: no okay. I I haven't started to really enjoy football in general until maybe the past like four years right when I started looking at it more as a tactical game like a almost like a war game where you kind of strategize and you make your small advancements towards the enemy lines that uh, once I saw it from that perspective I started to really enjoy football- mm-hmm. and uh, but back then in the NES era of these great football games I did not you know, no shit about it, and didn't just have any collection. Like yeah, big
1: dudes running into each other.
0: Yeah, it just yeah, right brutality. Who gives a crap? It's so slow and boring, right. you know. And that's changed for me, but uh, I know that there's a there's a cult following with this game specifically, isn't there? Sure.
1: Yeah, 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 to this day. Yeah, yeah. There's a number of folks uh, like myself around the country who still will host Tecmo tournaments of some kind uh, once a year, and um, Believe it or not, in I think it was 2008 or so, uh had people over to play this game, and I surprised them by I had put together a little drum machine track that would uh, play the percussion part of this song, and Amy got on keyboard to do the bass and some of the harmonies, and I got on the guitar, and we did a little rendition of this, tune that you just heard live for for the participants and it was uh very dorky and very fun.
0: Please tell me there's a YouTube video of this. Soon. There is
1: not. Oh my gosh. Great. It was a uh just a live performance and then
0: you gotta do that again, man. That'd it. be great. <laughs> Maybe. You guys can be like be the smooth Groove, but uh I know. You know. With your specific band, you know, selection.
1: Yeah. Um But and what's interesting, I was telling you before we start recording, there is like an extra like fifteen seconds at the end of this song that I'm sure anyone listening also had not heard before because it does not play during the normal game. Like this is the music that plays during the intro, which it's called intro, so that makes sense. Like when you first turn on the Nintendo, right? This this boots up. Um. So there's no, like, other way to play this song. There's no alternate time in which it plays. So the fact that there, in, in this recording, we found that there's, like, this 15 seconds extra of this other music that I have never heard before in my life, very interesting. And I'm curious what uh, other listeners who might also be just, you know hearing it for the first time, uh, what their reaction is, so... Hmm. I would say that it doesn't really add anything. I probably, I probably like the way the original ends better. But um, a little context for this music, I will also say you got to remember that this is by Tecmo. Now, when I say Tecmo and NES, what do you think of?
0: Uh, I don't know this game. Okay. Uh, did you ever play
1: like Ninja Gaiden or anything?
0: Gaiden. Gaiden see you i'll say peakman but i'll say Gaiden correctly how about that <laughs>
1: that is the correct way right Gaiden.
0: yeah i mean yeah. it's based on the japanese spelling i think it's a japanese word so um, yeah, if it's not then if it is americanized then yeah Gaiden. but
1: no it's a japanese word uh
0: yeah so um so we'll just have that issue with ourselves but uh That's cool. no i tecmo peakman. tecmo did ninja Gaiden. yes okay see i i kind of felt that but i'm i'm admittedly not nearly as good as I wish I was at linking, you know, this company worked on these games and that sort of thing, so...
1: I'm really not usually great at that either, but for me at the time, the thing about Tecmo was they were pioneering cutscenes as I would describe them. So, if you think back to Ninja Gaiden, uh, you know, all the little story bits between levels.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, that was such a notable part of that game. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So... With Tecmo, with with Tecmo Bowl, I should say, it's it's amazing how it became synonymous, kind of with that, with that football game. But, um, they really did an awesome job of incorporating exactly that, those little kind of cutscenes, you know, that the the detailed renderings, detailed for the time, into the game. So, when you were playing this game, if you make a pass downfield and it's going to be a pass that, you know, is maybe going to get caught or is maybe going to get intercepted, the game would actually switch over to this, like, you know, very zoomed-in view of these, quote-unquote, detailed players. uh, And you would see them kind of, like, jump up in midair and go to try to make this catch. Um, You know, it's kind of hard to describe, I guess, if you... It, you know if you if you've never seen it before but I'm sure if you if anyone looks up some some clips online you'd find them but so it it just really did this amazing job of 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 bringing that game and trying to make it uh larger than life like larger than it even would be if you were watching it on television and of course in order to actually play the game functionally, you know the little sprites are just little you know eight by eight pixels tall or whatever it is you know very small, so you can see the whole all the players at once um but but then it would you know go to this really extreme close up uh view and in the background it would have you know like uh just colors blazing by in a very kind of anime style and everything and it it just made everything very intense and uh it was so good so so this intro during the intro you would see some of those pieces of art and they were kind of used in a very cinematic fashion to introduce some of the teams and some of the marquee players of that era. Mm -hmm. Um, So as that music is coming in, right, you'll notice it starts off really kind of peaceful and quiet and graceful, right? And as that's playing, the camera is sort of lowering in on this stadium at, at, at twilight, right? The sun's just going down so you're getting psyched up for this primetime football right Mm -hmm. and then it kicks into that quote-unquote guitar part and then it's just non-stop action with these awesome looking (laughs) graphics and these hard hits and these amazing juke moves by barry sanders with this flickering trail behind him and everything and uh it was just so good it just got you so psyched up like if I was ever not in the mood to play that game, and then I watched the intro, I would be in the mood to play that game. Hmm. That's just how it went. So. It sounds exciting. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about this game. Well, you, um, you mentioned, it is awesome, and it still holds up to this day.
0: You mentioned Barry Sanders. Yes. Uh, and I think that's important to note that this game apparently actually referenced real football teams,
1: right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this was... This was beyond the uh, the time of, you know, where you would play as the uh, the Nantucket Bulldogs or something like that, you know, some made-up team to avoid licensing issues. Yeah, yeah, it had all 32 NFL teams and almost every player.
0: Now, from the 1991, no, no, 1990 to 91 series. Correct. Correct. And it followed the exact schedule of the 1991 yes. regular season. Alright. Okay. So I've done yeah. a little reading. All right. Yeah. Um, what I think that's pretty neat. It's kind of hilarious though for me to think about this because now you know so many years later, it's like frozen in time. Yeah. It's like a slice of history. It's a time capsule in a game.
1: It is. And what's what's amazing about some of those things is that like uh, there used to be this kind of running um, checklist on players who were still in the NFL that were in Tecmo Super Bowl. <laughs> So up until you know, at this point it was probably like five or six years ago, but uh Sean Landetta was a punter in nineteen ninety. He he was a punter, you know, in the in the mid eighties or early eighties or mm-hmm. and he was still in the league until, you know, like the mid two thousands or something like that. Uh Jeff Fiegels also was a punter and he just retired in like twenty ten or something like that. And um Vinny Testaverdi, who was a quarterback who played, I don't know, again into the into the mid two thousands at some point. So you know, so these were guys who were in the league for twenty plus years, something like that, and they were in the Tecmo game. And I remember hearing interviews with them, how teammates were ribbing them about like, oh, I used to, you know, play as you in this game when I was an infant or whatever it was, you know. <laughs> um and then last thing on that uh on that licensing I was mentioning, they some of the players did not sign whatever sort of batch agreement it was to get their names in the game. Yeah. And so that would be some of them were like Jim Kelly who was the quarterback of the Bills at the time and Randall Cunningham who was the quarterback of the Eagles at the time, and there was a couple others. But so in the game instead of displaying, you know, the you know, Jim Space Kelly It would just be QB space Bills. Mm. And and that was so, you know, when it would say, like, at the end of the game, it would show the stats. You know, it would just say QB Bills, 200 yards passing, whatever it was. QB Eagles, 30 yards rushing, or you know, whatever, if he was the rushing leader. So, yeah, it's just interesting. Just stuff like that. You know, we're talking about time capsule. and just kind of shows, you know, what was going on at that time in football and 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 what it meant because obviously right now for a player if you think about a player today who would be like yeah i don't really want my name in madden or if it wasn't up to the player if it was you know some agent's decision or league's decision or committee's decision like you would want to be in madden right there'd be nothing stopping you from from getting your name in there so but other than that extremely detailed you know they'd have all you know uh up to you know Third-string players on the team, a lot of control over playbook and and who you'd want to have in. Uh, a couple cheat codes. I say cheat codes, but you know, so, certain players that were just like unable to be tackled. Like Christian Okoye, incredible uh, hitting power. Uh, uh, Bo Jackson, extremely fast and shifty and hard to bring down. Uh, Joe Montana to Jerry Rice that completes almost 100% of the time so just hmm. you know stuff like that just classic kind of old school video game exploits and things just just so good
0: yeah wow very cool well it sounds like there's good reason that uh, back in 2011 ESPN named it the greatest sports game of all time ooh that is very good so that's kind of a nice honor from uh, such a prestigious corporation yeah uh, definitely organization
1: but okay, I've raved about this enough. Let's get to uh, what what your pick was.
0: Okay, so my pick, um, probably a more well-known sport, you know, more <laughs> viewed in the states and everything. Uh, but you know, we'll let we'll let the listeners here and decide. Okay. okay, here it is. <laughs> Like one of my guilty pleasures, man. Like I this love this game soundtrack. or this song. The game I enjoy, even though it's it feels kind of tricky for me, and and I, I'm not that great at it in my in my history with it. But the the this, this song is probably my favorite in the whole game, and this soundtrack alone is just so fantastic that I yeah. listen to it regularly. Sometimes if I got to get myself psyched up at work, you know, I got to get in a good mood, I'll put this on, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the uh, Daytona theme from super Spike V-Ball for the NES have you ever heard of this game of course yeah okay. I thought, uh, everyone had heard of this game just making sure I don't know if this is obscure or not because I have no idea how I got this in my collection but I own the NES cart mm-hmm. and I'm so happy I do because it's just it's such a I mean I like volleyball you know I, I rarely play it but I enjoy it as a sport oh and... that's what the V stands for <laughs> This was just a really cool two-on-two volleyball game that, you know, predates a lot of these kind of uh, similar games that Nintendo might have came up with la- uh, later on. I mean, they didn't, you know, flat-out make this game. I believe this was on um, Taito, who published it in the arcade, and then Nintendo published it on the NES, while uh, a company called Technos actually made the game, huh. was the developer, uh, Pretty much, like I said, it's a two-on-two volleyball game, and you've got different cities to go to, like Daytona, Chicago, Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, um, New York. You play in Hawaii uh, a couple times, I think. And
1: what exotic and luxurious
0: uh, destinations? Ooh la, la, absolutely, and and really, it's just back and forth, and, and you, you. I don't know the terminology for volleyball, you know, so I really don't. Bump, bump. Set, set up, right. Set. Spike, spike. Okay, that's probably all you need to know, right? Uh, but dig. No, oh, was it like diving for it?
1: I think it's when you go to your knees. Oh, okay. Or or maybe just get a low a low one. Low one, yeah. And then so- and then your teammates go, "Good dig."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> I never heard that, but um, no, but it, it's two on two and. There wasn't really anything too special about the characters, but they each team kind of had their own pros and cons. Okay. However, I will say that one of the teams was particularly interesting is it's uh Billy and Jimmy from Double Dragon. No. Yeah, which is kind of funny. No way. The characters That's look amazing. The characters look a lot like the Double Dragon characters regardless, like just their body size and type and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at some screenshots. I mean, I can
0: And the uh see it. The audience kind of reminds me of the punch-out audience, just maybe with a few more pixels. Mm-hmm. But it was, it's a it's a nice-looking game for what it is. And I, I've always found it a little hard to set up, though, and align your character right with the, the shadow of the ball so you know where to hit it. And the, okay. And the timing. I don't think the, the computer is very forgiving, either. So I thought it was kind of a tricky game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I assume you can you can beat this game, right? Like you progress all the way through the tournament or something like that, do a championship yeah is that, is that kind of thing yeah were there different uh like difficulty levels you could
0: choose i don't recall that okay. um i think it was just each match each circuit match in different towns was progressively more tricky you know right so you would progress that way uh you know what no no in in the in the nes version i think there was a difficulty Menu of some kind or some sort of adjustment, so it's not strictly locked in. But yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's got a great soundtrack. I really encourage you guys to uh, to go beyond the show here and listen to more of it. You know, to the New York, to the Las Vegas, all the different tracks. I think. Um, oh, you know, I kind of want to throw a shout out to this guy. Uh, let me it Looks like there's so- some
1: little, uh, like some little taunts from the other characters
0: before the matches. Does that ring a bell? Um, vaguely, I don't really recall how to pull that off. Is it automatic?
1: I don't. No, like I think it's just like a little, um, a little scene before the match. I would assume. There's a picture here of a, uh, of a guy with some sunglasses on. He says, "We're gonna punish you turkeys with our spikes."
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's an old, you know, '80s game. So yeah. you get a lot of that.
1: But that's the that's the that's the good stuff. There's what? also a picture here of what looks like a female referee and the text just says ball out.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, I believe she's wearing a pink bikini top or something. Sure is. Yep, yep. That was So, so uh, is that
1: is she calling the match or is she encouraging you
0: <laughs> to uh to adjust your shorts? Yeah. Um could be either or. You know, just Depends. like,
1: just like when you're in the zone, you're balling out. <laughs>
0: okay, let me go back and use this time to do a shout out to a YouTuber called We Guy. We guy, and that almost is a joke right there, writing itself. But um, no, it's like it's it's this dude who calls himself We Guys Eight Bit Stereo. That's his YouTube channel. He huh. pretty much posts NES soundtracks or eight bit soundtracks. I should say not necessarily all NES, but. Uh, 8-bit soundtracks in, like, a really clear and beautiful format. And um, he's got this game in his repertoire. So just search for Super Spike V-Ball Wii Guy, is in, like, W-I-I-G-U-Y, in one word. And you're going to find his YouTube uh, page for this game. And just give the whole – it's like a 20-minute soundtrack if you listen to all the tracks, that, you know, strung together. Give it oh. a listen. It's really worth it. Very good stuff. And uh, that's why it had to be my pick for the sports game. Cool, yeah, so I'm glad you enjoyed it, Joe. Yeah, definitely. shall we jump gears to uh, to the Pokemon side of things? Oh, you
1: don't have to twist my arm for that.
0: <laughs> I guess I
1: didn't have to ask at all, but yeah uh,
0: yeah, so thanks for listening everybody to the sports section. We're gonna jump over here. Or we're not gonna do some sort of you know break or play a song because that doesn't make sense because we're gonna nope. play a song for a different reason right now. but um, again, in the second theme here, We've got all Pokemon, all the time. Uh, well, I guess since you know the the franchise, we'll tell you what game it's from when we come back from this from the uh, hearing the song, and you know we'll talk about whatever the hell is relevant with it because cool. uh, we've got a quite an a eclectic mix of uh, sources source material for the songs, I should say. Uh-huh. So let's jump into our first one. Here we go. Okay, so that was a Pokemon song. Wow by Pokey Freak, 9 and1. Pokefreak. So uh, it's probably not very apparent to people what game this is from, because this, this song is featured pretty much in every game of Pokemon in the mainline series. yes, if not other side ones that I'm not even aware of, but
1: which is not a bad thing because it's a great song.
0: No, you know that's actually one of the reasons that I wanted to pick this song here is because it's a staple of the series. Right. Well, a lot of the songs that we chose are not because a lot of the music each game is really different from itself because yeah. they're all in different regions, right? Yeah. But the Pokémon Center song, which is what this is, is pretty much the same every time.
1: Now you played like Red and Blue, Gold Silver? I have things. played every generation. Yeah. So is this does it go all the way back to to those early ones?
0: I believe it does, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Um I don't know how this one's improved because this is from Diamond and Pearl. Mm-hmm. which is, uh, if I'm correct, besides... Gen 4. Okay, so that's Gen... Wow, that's Gen 4? That was that long ago? Yeah. Wow, okay. So that was before Black and Black 2, and uh, then there's... X and Y. Okay, that's Gen 6. Gotcha. Okay, yep. So Diamond and Pearl yeah, Gen 4, but um, I think this is really when the music started getting a bit nicer and clearer.
1: Oh, quite good, yes.
0: And this is... So before this was Ruby and Sapphire, which is Game Boy Advance. So this is the first DS Pokemon series, uh-huh. right? All right, that explains the jump, the leap, then. Yes. So fantastic! It's a nice rendition. It's a bit, maybe, fleshed out would be a good way to say it uh-huh. from the original. And uh, it's very memorable memorable for me because you know you spend a lot of time in a Pokemon Center. To be honest, I was just
1: gonna say you you really better like this song because you got to go there a lot. You got to. Gotta hear this a lot.
0: So Yeah, I don't care how much you, you know, spend your money on potions and stuff, you end up going here a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. um so it's a great pick. It's a great staple.
1: Yeah, totally. I would have been sad if this was not if this was not here.
0: hmm So yeah, I mean I guess there's not too much else for me to say about it. Nah,
1: um, we probably don't need to spend some time on, on any one of these. I will say Doing Pokemon as a theme was not my idea, for the record.
0: That's true. I did. Yes. <laughs> I thought of it.
1: It's very kind of you. There's
0: been a lot of Pokemon stuff going on, and you know, I know we have a bunch of Pokey fans and uh, uh, at the Negative World, so I just want so to say, Poke freaks, Pokey pals, Poke pals, yeah, Pokey sages, okay, right? Pokey Finkelsteins. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I just thought it was a great time to do that and also to test the waters on a franchise-based theme as opposed to other ones that we've done. And uh, I think already we've experienced that it works in some ways and it works and doesn't work in others maybe, but I think people really enjoy it. And, you know, I think... We got a
1: ton of submissions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ridiculous amount of submissions.
0: More than we ever had for a single uh, theme before. And what this tells me is that, hey, maybe perhaps we do a uh, Pokemon 2 at some point down the line. I'd like to keep doing these Euphonics for quite a while. I really enjoy them and the nature of them. So uh, maybe there's a a time and a place to do that since I still like keeping it to two themes per show. Mm -hmm. We easily could have did one whole show on Pokemon. That's true. uh, With two parts. We could have done two episodes back-to-back like this. But nonetheless, that was the first start of this. We've got six more in the roster. How about you say we keep moving? Let's do that. Okay. Here is song number two of the Pokemon theme. that's a really pleasant song. Very pleasant. I really liked, liked how that one turned out. Uh, there is a
1: lot of very beautiful music in the Pokemon universe series.
0: And I think it's like, like I just said with Diana Pearl, once the hardware and the soundware got better,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I think
0: we really got to appreciate more and more about the music itself. I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia to the older songs. And in fact, uh, I think because people presume that there'd be a lot of uh, picking going on for that, that a lot of other people actually didn't do that. So we actually had a lot of submissions from later series games.
1: Yeah, which is cool for me, you know, being being a, a bit of a late comer to the series.
0: Sure, sure, but even for me, who who has been there since you know Pokemon Blue back in the eighth grade or whatever, uh, I never really appreciated the music as as much when I'm playing these later games, because I think I I play a, video games a lot more with the sound down, you know, because of certain circumstances, and I don't really sit there and immerse myself in these handheld games as, as much as I should. So as we're looking through all these submissions and I'm listening to them all, I'm realizing just how much I've maybe missed that could have gotten sure. me more involved in the game if I just paid a little more attention to it. And I'm yeah. really big into music, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely found that uh, while we were going through these, just how much... I did do, do not pay close attention to, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to hear a specific track in this one area, you know, like there are definitely ones that, that stood out to me, but I couldn't necessarily say what town they were from, you know, off the top of my head or, you know, I, I would hear them here and, and, and recognize them, but I didn't feel like I really gave them their proper attention while playing the game, you know? Right while playing the game it sort of just faded into the background which you know some would say that's what it's supposed to do is just kind of set that that mood but uh, but yeah you know with such nice music it's nice to give it a little a little focus
0: sometimes yeah you know i don't, I don't think we've said the name of this track yet oh okay uh, this is this is the theme of verdant turf town yep uh from omega ruby alpha sapphire but um it is described as the windswept highlands with a sweet fragrance of grass. Hmm. Uh north it well, let's see, it's kind of in the middle of the island and uh to the north of the town is Rusturf Tunnel. To the east of it's Route one hundred seventeen. There's the contest hall here. You've got your Pokemon Center, your Pokemart.
1: Did you say this is where the uh the beauty contest or whatever, whatever yeah. it was? Yeah, the contest yeah. hall. Yeah, I de- that's one of the things that um, that I just never that I just did not do at all in, in this game. That that's that sort of thing, you know, the the kind of e- each game. I think since this one has had some sort of like a dress up your Pokemon and compete kind of a mini game, mm-hmm. and those are really the that's really the one piece of of the Pokemon games that just has never <laughs> interested me at all.
0: I've been praying it away. Really? Yeah, I, I don't I don't involve myself in it. I don't understand it in the sense of like why it's fun or relevant. Uh, no. No. It seems like you're already bastardizing these these creatures because technically, <laughs> you know, you're fighting with these guys. You're forcing them to fight each other. Now you want right. them to look like idiots while they do it?
1: Right. You know? I mean, look, uh, on the one hand, I get the idea of like you know, like people with their real life pets, you know, some people like put them in little shirts which and, is
0: also bastardizing that well yeah and you know <laughs> no, they, they
1: put bows on them or do up their hair in, in ways they're supposed to be show worthy or whatever
0: we, we now have a small dog in the house and so I understand it's need to wear clothing sometimes Uh huh. you know so I ain't gonna talk shit but um,
1: but yeah I think it's just and I so I'm not I'm not necessarily opposed to that you know like I kind of like the idea of like just anything that you would do with a pet that you would do with a Pokemon in the game that, you know, that's kind of neat. But the fact that they kind of like make it into, uh, like a game w- with numbers, you know, like that, you know, like if you wear this combination with this and it's uh, these beauty points, and if you have these moves, they have certain beauty points. So you actually have to teach your Pokemon different moves in order to, maximize you know, maximize be- things. Yeah. Just that is, that's too much. You know, it, there's i can envision a way in which this would this might be fun you know wh- where maybe as you're crossing you know as you're exploring the land you find items and some are just more valuable so let's say maybe early on you can you can win the the lower tier uh competition and then as the game goes further you need to find better gear you know something like that maybe that would be fun but just this bit just seems it just feels like 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 work. Well it'd man. be
0: cool if you could customize your Pokemon without it meaning anything in the sense I mean yeah on the one hand, I feel like it didn't do anything for the games, so it means nothing anyway. But at the same time, if you want to throw a hat on your Pikachu, that's kinda of cool, and then, then, sure. then that hat should be visible, you know, in every yeah. battle sequence and it should yeah. just be like, Oh my god, you hear about that trainer who's got the Pikachu with the top hat? He's right. just ridiculous. He'll mess you up. So cool. Yeah. Um or what if, what if to like get into, and this is me speculating about what I'd like to see in the series again. That mm-hmm. tends to happen. But, yep. uh, imagine if like there's a special uber, like rich people's club, and you must dress your Pokemon in top hats and tuxes, and then they can get in, almost like, uh, they're infiltrating, you know, they, they look yeah. like the part. Uh, that'd be kind of funny yeah, right. to do that, you know, just to change things up. Yeah. But, uh, but I never,
1: conversely, Like I know in, uh, I Think X and Y, there was a, this, kind of an area of, like, these biker dudes. Right. So you could totally, like, you know... And it was... Uh, I think you had to be welcomed in to get in there. or You had to prove yourself somehow. So it would not be a stretch to say, like, oh, you got to, like, put a spiked collar on your Pikachu yeah. or something to get in. Like, that would that would work.
0: And imagine putting one on your Magikarp. You know? Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I, although, I can see where it would be really hard to program all the different graphics for that. But
1: Hey, I can't believe that they did 700 pokemon to begin with so yeah oh yeah
0: well but back you know back on the song really quick one final comment i'll make about it is, mm-hmm. is of all the town themes this was a really beautiful one and i think it might be one of the most beautiful ones
1: yes Very, I, like,
0: I, I like this kind of sound in a town theme i like one that after i'm busy fighting you know obviously when you enter the boundaries of a town uh in certain games you actually see like the screen change color because you entered like a new loaded area uh-huh. And you know that you can avoid, you know, there's no more random battles and it's kind of a breathing time. So uh-huh. I kind of like the, the towns that have these pleasant, calming, happy tracks. Definitely. And then this one with the piano and everything is just so splendid. Uh-huh. So thank Agreed. you to G, Gabe Dan Grant, for picking this one out for us. Cool. Now let's jump into our third song which definitely takes this whole sweet and flowery and just calming sensation and rips it to shreds. Here we go. So that, that's such an amped-up track, man. Definitely. That This, just like the reason we chose the Pokemon Center song, I think this song speaks about the battle system, and that's all. It's. It, like, drops the mic on the battle system mm-hmm. of this game. And uh, the high-quality audio comes from the Omega Ruby off of Sapphire soundtrack, which is, uh, again, easy to go to for better-sounding music than, than the older games. Uh, and I don't think there's much lost in the fact that you kind of de- 8-bit, you know, uh, chip tune, this thing, and you kind of give it a little bit more flair like they have. Sure. But this is just such an amped up, you know, song that just gets me ready for battle, as cheesy as that sounds. And
1: No, I hear you.
0: But uh, but and that's, that's what it is. It's the battle theme. It's the, uh, I think specifically, um, the gym leader uh, battle. Yes. So this is, you know, it's the final final fight of your chapter in the game you know each each chapter kind of culminates with your your gym leader and your gym and this is a fantastic uh exciting track that really gets you in the mood to feel like maybe you're really pulling something off here.
1: Mhm. Yes, very intense. Uh for me it's about the baseline. How how much did that stand out to you? Because to me it's like it's just a very crazy busy frantic bass i I try to i try to envision what it might be like to to play that bassline like I don't know if I could pull it off I'd have to kind of see what the fingering is like but uh really really cool very impressive even even just writing that bassline like I don't know if this is you know if this is being played and recorded uh, you know live or, or or digitized somehow or if it's just done with MIDI or what but Really, really cool. I really like that aspect of it. Yeah, I
0: mean, the line was grabbed me. It literally grabbed me. I mean, I was like <laughs> bouncing in my seat during that song. And every single time I've heard it, as we've kind of again narrowed down the choices and listened to things, and I mean, I I don't know about you, but you and I go through, I, I would think, a very rigorous process and listen to these tracks to pick, mm-hmm. you know, a good mix to. Uh, in my personal main goal for this show is to get like a wide variety to kind of a nice arcing. Uh, view of the theme. And, mm-hmm. um, and this one just kept bringing me back. This might've been one of those ones that just seemed like a definite, like this makes sense. Right. Because of, of what it means to the series and also just how it grabs the listener. So totally. Uh, and, and it's positioning in, in the episode is actually important because the next song we're about to play, uh, relates actually quite to it, um, to this gym leader battle, but it's from a different game. It's also from the same person who is Pokepal148 uh, who had chosen the Gym Leader song and now will choose this one. That just takes like the gym leader battle esque feel and then just it kind of marries it with the theme song uh-huh. into a final uh final track that's called Victory Is Right Before Your Eyes, Gym Leader's Last Pokemon. Uh-huh. So naturally, you know, comes when they have one left. And uh at least in Pokemon Black 2 and White 2, which is what this comes from.
1: Now is this not essentially the main theme? Yeah. of the games yeah. like I know this is what plays during a lot of the promotional materials and things like that uh you know when, when they're like debuting the new games and stuff like that
0: yeah I mean as far as I, I remember this it, I mean I'd have to boot up you know the original game right now to, to confirm but I feel like this is the the, the main theme of the uh, the series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know, to know every instance that it's been utilized, I, I can't really speak to that. But uh, that's what I love about it, though, is it kind of takes the gym leader battle music and then meshes into this epic sure. theme. And really, as, as a player, when you're so familiar with that track, just to hear it come into play here is actually like a really wise choice by the composers uh-huh. and the people crafting the music. It almost brings you into the sh- like Like the show might bring you into it. It almost makes you feel like you're in your own show of Pokemon, and you are... You know, Ash Ketchum or whoever. Um, And actually in in Black 2 and White 2, by then, the series had taken a turn where you were pretty much your own character, right? Right, You kind of could customize yourself a bit, uh, as opposed to just naming yourself and being the the typical hero. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fantastic song. Uh, Also grabs me that bass line a little bit, but it's really the uh, the fantastic and familiar melody of that theme song. Uh Mm-hmm. And it's the reason I didn't decide to choose the theme song as my pick uh, coming up later because you know, this kind of says it all.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, this was a another good one to definitely uh, have in the rotation. The list would feel incomplete without mm-hmm. it. I
0: think. Agreed. So thank you again to PokéPal one forty eight for uh, for picking this one.
1: Mhm.
0: Shall we move to our fifth and final user submitted song?
1: Let's do. Thank
0: So that was our fifth song, uh, the third one by PokéPal148. So thank you again for all your submissions. Everybody submitted
1: a lot of lot of songs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he proved how much of a pal he is to the Pokies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this this particular track is the Lacunosa Town theme from Pokemon Black Two and White Two, or is it in uh, Black and White together? Right.
1: The town or this music? The both. town. Um, is, it, is, it in,
0: is it in the sequence? Yeah, it's in both. Because it's yeah. the same, same uh, region. You know, yeah, region. that doesn't yeah. change. Okay. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, this this particular track is from Black and White, not t- Black and White 2.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, Lacanosa Town uh, in Unova is located in the northeast section of uh, the map. For those fans who may not you know, still be getting it, it's that one town in Black and White... That's kinda of like it's surrounded by trees, but the town itself is almost like a parking structure, in the sense that you've got paths and you've got stairways, they just kind of go up and around each other, and then you've got a few buildings on some upper levels, and mm-hmm. it's pretty much almost like its own structure that's just raised up off the ground in in the the wooded area of you know, this region. So certainly. You know, it's got a Pokemon center and it's got some other Couple of other vague random buildings that don't really do too much, but uh, uh, there's the executive's house, and he will give you a berry each week on Sundays.
1: Oh, love those berries, don't you?
0: Yeah, no, those need to go away. <laughs> I yeah, never, we, I,
1: we were talking about that,
0: yeah, and the, uh, during the song. Yeah, I don't think that the berries are very useful or fun personally. No. No, because they're they're never good enough to use on their own. There was the whole berry making process, so like that, you know, the the block or whatever, where you mm-hmm. um, use a bunch of them, and that was kind of neat. I like that. Puffins? To... was that Puffins? Or yeah, it... that sounds right.
1: Or no, no, Pokeblock was something else, right? They've been there've been so many different Gimmicks attempts and, to make yeah. these cool.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I will yeah.
1: say though, people use them in battle. Like competitive people, yeah, use them a lot.
0: Well, because you can attach freaking them, annoying. right? And then you you attach it, and it uses automatically, yeah. right? Yeah, but they,
1: okay. you know, the thing is, they give really powerful benefits usually because they're designed to be used once and then and then be used up. Mm. But you know, when you do it in a versus battle, of course, you get it right back. You know, you don't really use them up, so it's almost kind of like a loophole. But
0: mm. well, for casual players like myself, I find right. them to be an annoying way to take up spot in your inventory. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, back in the town. Uh, yes. You know, not too much to really say about it from a gameplay standpoint, but reading this little snippet here from uh, from the web, I wanted to read it to you guys. It's the Lacanosa legend, and it's kind of interesting. It says that a long time ago, it is said that a large meteor came from the sky containing a terrifying monster. It was said that at night, the monster would appear in the town along with the cold winds and take away humans and Pokemon to eat them. Eventually, the residents of the town surrounded Lacanosa town in a wall to keep the monster out, and then a rule was set on the town that forbade anyone from leaving at night and encouraged people to stay in their homes. Even though Lakinosa residents claimed to no longer believe this whole story they still stay inside their houses at night and the walls remain standing to this day. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of neat. So that kind of explains the, like I said, the nature of it being like a parking structure where everyone's living on like the second, third and fourth levels. You know, you feel like you can go deeper into this thing, but you can't see it from above from the perspective. Right. Right. And there's actually paths in the, in the trees that, you know, you presume that would lead you into town, but you can't actually see their entrance anywhere.
1: Um, Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, so gotcha.
0: uh, unless that one on the far, eh, maybe the it's hard to tell in the, in the picture I'm looking at, but um, it doesn't seem like you really can you know get in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe you can walk on there. I don't know, but it does feel very s- segregated from the rest of the world around it. Mm-hmm. And c- if I remember correctly, black and white had a bit of a like nature versus. Uh, oh yeah, you know what am I thinking of? Um,
1: Not nurture.
0: No, no, no. Nature, nature versus <laughs> it was like technology and growth in, yeah. in that
1: way, right? Yeah. Yeah, because the whole idea was that uh, the main, like, antagonist, so to speak, was trying to free Pokemon from their oppressive uh, trainers. Top
0: you hat know. forcing trainers.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you yeah, which he... was kind of cool. It was just kind of like, a heavy topic for, you know, it was always kind of assumed. Like people would joke about, like, oh, you know, isn't this kind of mean, like forcing these Pokemon to fight each other and stuff. So, so it was kind of cool that Pokemon that they actually like answered that question head on instead of just avoiding it forever. So that, was, mm-hmm. that was kind of neat.
0: Sure, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. It felt a little on the nose, I think. I'm sure, but uh it was still a better story for me from, like, an ethical standpoint than, like, you know, uh, Team Magma or Team Alpha and all those kinds of things where you just have these guys just doing a bunch of terrorist-type stuff.
1: Yeah, well, and I I can't remember what podcast I was listening to when they talked about the evil teams in Pokemon, but how they always, like, they always have these plans that are clearly going to, like, destroy the world, and then when things go bad, they're always, like, really surprised and everything, (laughs) you know? It's like, well, what... What did you think was going to happen? I feel
0: like the very first line of text every single Pokemon game starts with is like, oops. (laughs) And that's just, oh, we got to lock that that line down. Let's lock it to every single NPC so they all can say it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, you're right. That's probably what happens. That's why I like Team Rocket for what it was back in the day. I don't recall exactly. Well, they were working for Giovanni, and it was more like a crime syndicate you know, than a... you know earth destroyer exactly yeah and then and then here you know again it was more like an activist so i right. do kind of appreciate these more uh complex characters mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which actually this guy you know the 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 antagonist in this series is probably one of the more complex characters that the series has seen absolutely yeah mm-hmm. you could talk for a while about him we can but oh, we, we will. will but not in this episode yeah no <laughs> Let's, uh, let's say you and I, um, go on a stroll over to your, uh, your pick.
1: Let's do. Thank you uh this was from pokemon platinum mm-hmm. uh it is merely the music from walking route 209 in the Sinnoh region
0: yeah which you know visually if you look at the route it's actually a pretty unique and cool route mm-hmm. and it's got some water kind of like a river running through it mm-hmm. and so you've got bridges you've got some you know chances it's for fishing, fishing. yep you've- you know it looks like what meteors or or just like craters
1: yeah um i believe that's a spot where you can get a spirit tomb hmm. uh that pokemon though i don't remember
0: how you need and, a bike though for this don't you
1: yeah for certain parts yeah you need to go up some of the uh to get up and down some of those ramps and yeah. things yep you do need that um let me confirm that whole spirit tomb thing i think well, that's right
0: while you I'm do that i'll memory. mention the fact that uh yes one spirit tomb oh okay so, is that in the um in the lost tower over there or
1: uh i think you have to do something in the tower and then go to that little collection of rocks down below
0: mm-hmm. okay but uh you know, to make a quick note about the Pokemon series, I do find this whole, like, dead Pokemon thing to be fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Lavender Town was my one of my favorites, if not my favorite town, maybe second to Cinnabar Island, but uh-huh. um, one of my favorite towns in the original Pokemon, and, like, I love it when you have these, I, I, well, I like ghost Pokemon in general, but I love it when they kind of go into the lore of deceased Pokemon or uh, just something a little bit more spooky and and different than just fainting and then going to a Pokemon center, you know? Right, right. Some real um, uh, repercussions to to life. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I think it's it's neat, and maybe this just goes with the the Japanese culture in general. But you know, this kind of reverence for for people and things you know, that that have passed on from this life, and and you know, the the dutiful honoring of them. You know, I, I think that's kind of neat. Yeah. Just to see that kind of play out in a quote unquote kids' game like Pokemon. Sure, right. Um, but as far as why I picked this song, so I, I knew that uh, I was going to have to pick something from Generation 4 because that is when I started playing the games. And, you know, I do understand how, you know, so many people who are Gen 1ers, as they say, where, where they just feel like Generation 1 was was the height of the franchise. I get it that the first game you play, you know, you can establish this kind of sentimental connection with, because that's what definitely has happened for me and Generation Four. Like to me, that was still the most fun that I had uh, with Pokemon was was those games. Um, so I knew I was going to have to pick from that soundtrack. So I just I literally pulled up one of those uh, YouTube playlists that has every track from the whole game and I just went through every single track from the whole game I picked out about 7 uh, and then I just went through those 7 just rotating just playing like 5 seconds and then kind of eliminating it and I whittled it down to route 209 and route 210 which are very different tracks uh, and I, I probably went back and forth between them for about 20 minutes or something like that Like that's that's how close this decision was But, um, ultimately, you know, part of the reasons why I like this track, the way I like how it starts out really, really sort of grandiose because the whole idea of Pokemon is you going on this big, huge journey, right? And you're starting it with a single step kind of thing. So I felt that that part of the music kind of encapsulated that kind of always made me always kind of gave me that feeling. Um, so then then it just goes into, I think, good music, uh, you know, got a cool bass line, kind of some soaring melodies, which I think are very nice. And then as you may have noticed from songs that I like, just you know, trends in songs that I like from these first couple episodes of Euphonic, uh, I like when the song kind of almost goes to an entirely different song in the in the middle of it, like when you get two or three songs in one. So I like that little kind of samba. 16 measures, or whatever it is, that you get uh, towards the end of this tune. I like how it kind of shifts up the feel there and, and gives you this other flavor for a little bit. Yeah. So, and then that part's very kind of chill and groovy, and, and I'm into that. And then it brings it right back to that uh, grandiose feel and starts over again. So, that's why I picked it. I think that's pretty, pretty good tune.
0: Funny how you did pick this because of all the routes tracks in all the games
1: of which I mean, there are many
0: as much as i complain about the series sometimes times and how you know I'm, i want things to change and, and everything i still have played every single mainline pokemon generation in some cases i have played multiple ones in the series you know in I that salute gen- you for that um thank you and uh this is honest to god one of the few routes that really sticks with me that i remember awesome and nice so i was kind of pleased this I mean, now you've explained to the audience why this is the last song I knew about for our track listing, because, you know, when we last met up to talk about the tracks and everything, I went to bed, and you kind of stayed up to do a little more of your picking. (laughs) Uh You picked, you know, you helped me kind of narrow down the final ones for the user-selected ones, but then your pick was still an unknown until even today. Uh And so when that finally dropped, uh, I was very pleased to see that's what you chose, because oh, cool. the way that, you know, for the listeners, the way that Joe and I handle our picks is, you know, we each get a pick that we can't veto, we can't argue. It's just, it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we are, you know, hosting the show, so I guess we have that kind of authority. But, uh, so this is this is a good one. This is one that I, I definitely appreciated to hear from, from Joe. Oh, thank you.
1: Very glad about yeah. that.
0: And for much the same reason that you said. You know, there's a certain uh, grandiose to it, but there's also a really unique, you know, layer to it uh, in the middle there. Yeah. And you know, going from town to town you need interesting route themes to keep you, you know, uh enjoying yourself.
1: Yeah. And really when I was trying to think back to um to Pokémon Platinum, I was like, I know there's like three or four tracks that are kind of in my head. Without even having to recall them, I was like, "Really, my mission in going through this whole soundtrack was to find those and then narrow it down from there." And this was this was really probably even before I started, you know, subconsciously, this was the one that was kind of embedded most deeply in, in there. So it was just kind of a, ma- a matter of finding it again. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, shall we move on to
0: your pick? We we can, but I want to make one more comment about this oh. uh, particular route. Please do. Um, from the game. it it There's a tree in there that has a certain mechanic that I actually did enjoy. Okay. Which was the honey mechanic.
1: Everyone knows that a rain cloud never eats honey. No, not a nip. And it's from Winnie the Pooh. Really? That <laughs> yep.
0: would make sense, but I don't understand what he's saying there. I'm just a little black rain cloud. Okay. Please continue. All right, we have derailed this somehow very quickly. Uh, No, so so there's the honey trees, and you can um, I believe you can spread honey on them to attract uh, Pokemon, and I thought it was just a really cool thing.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. There's something about Snorlax and Munchlax, right? Like they like it.
0: Um, In Diamond and Pearl, there's different groups, uh, and they have like different percentages of how often they can show up. And there's like Combee, of course. Right. And Cherubi, A Palm, Heracross, uh, who almost won the uh the best Pokemon ever, by the way. Sidebar. But um Munchlax is in group C, which has like a one percent a zero to one percent chance of okay. uh of being found. So yeah, you're right. It might be the only right. way you could find him in that game or something like that. Very rare. So pretty cool. But I just thought that was a neat mechanic. It was different and uh it wasn't stupid like berries absolutely okay now i think we can go to my my uh my pick here let's do okay uh without further ado I love this song. It should. It honestly feels like romantic to me, which I think is what my my attraction is to it.
1: It
2: is very Um, sweet.
0: It feels, uh, along with the art that, um, relates to it that you can find online. Um, it kind of reminds me almost like of a professor Layton game. Okay. Just like with street, street lamps and pathways and this kind of beautiful, romantic type music. And, uh, but what, what it is in the series, in the Pokemon series, it is the National Park theme from mm-hmm. uh, Gold and Silver um, or Heart Gold, and uh, it is in Silver, right? Oh yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's in both. Okay, I don't know if there's certain regions in both uh, that you could only go to one, or I don't know if they did that, but yeah, it's in Heart Gold, Soul Silver. This particular version, um, I think the original is a little bit different, so I want to specify Heart Gold, Soul Silver. But the National Park is one of those places that you kind of, it's like, it's not a city, but it almost is like a city where it's in between a bunch of routes. And instead of there being, uh you know, a typical layout of a city, it's just a bunch of grass and some paths. It's truly a park. And inside it, there's a lot of bug catchers uh, and other NPCs. And there's the bug catching contest, which is its own kind of event uh, that was special to this game. Um, the and, the
1: bug catching contest yeah that was tough right I I feel like I have memories of being somewhat frustrated about that or maybe I was just frustrated about how it's only like on certain days of the week or something like that
0: I think that's it
1: yeah right what did you do for that like what was what was the contest
0: I think uh I mean okay on Tuesdays Thursdays and Saturdays you could um, you know, you could enter the contest, so pretty much you had to catch the best bug. Right. While, you know, you and the other trainers would would find bug Pokemon, and um, really, you would use sport balls. So you had only certain you couldn't use like a master ball to catch one if you wanted to for some god off reason. But uh, you also, I think, had a time limit as well. Okay,
1: so this was just like within the park, right? Yeah, this isn't yeah. like go out into the world and catch the best bug
0: no no no. yeah this was within the park grounds it was kind of like the safari zone in a sense right but um but you were timed which i think you were in the safari one too right but um i
1: can't remember i think you get a certain number of throws or something like that honestly i don't remember i mean those are things i again i, I do the bare minimum when it comes to
0: things like there's safari so zone. much pokemon man how can you keep it all straight you know yeah, yeah. I have yeah. to remember how to like get dressed in the morning, so I can't yep. take that information out of my head to remember.
3: You know, yeah, the Safari
0: yeah. Zone was time, but <laughs> yeah. it was very similar to that. Yes, and you know, you could catch Caterpie, Metapod, Butterfree, the Weedle through Beedrill Clan, uh, Paras, Venonat, Scyther, Pinsir, and they all had different. Rates. Are you doing a little poker wrap right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I can Venonat, Scyther, uh, <laughs> Caterpie. <laughs> um yeah uh yes, yes yes so after you get the national decks it opens up a little bit more you get a lot more obviously pokemon from other generations um this being in the hard gold soul silver game and Combee, one of my favorites actually it's one of those uh it's oh, a good one you know the whole honey relationship
1: yeah man it's
0: yeah that's all it really is it, it, it's just a kind of a cool little um, thing, but it can be frustrating because in HeartGold or Silver, even some Pokemon only show up on certain days. You can only find Volbeat on a Thursday. Oh, wow. You know, Or Dustox on Thursday, and that's a 5% chance anyway. Yeah. So, you know, nobody's going to want to come back. They're in the middle of their journey. Oh, it's Tuesday. I better go spend a lot of time at the uh, National Park. Uh-huh. So while, you know, the average gamer might not have spent that much time here, the music is just stunning and I had to choose it for the for the show. Yeah, very good. Very pretty. Like I should probably load it up to my Amazon music account and then be able to play it on my Amazon Echo and just lull myself to sleep with it. Just loop it or something. You know? That'd be cool. It uh put me right to sleep in a good way. hmm So, you know, I don't have much else to say about that, but that would wrap up the Pokemon theme. We've done it.
1: Yes, I would like to make one offer to to our loyal, loyal listeners at yes. this time, which is um the GameStop near us has been in in the habit for a while now of giving out two codes for every um you know, when they do the event Pokemon yeah. giveaways and such. Yeah. So, I have an extra Darkrai code that I can't seem to find a home for. Hmm. So, uh, if anyone wants it, just, I guess, first come first serve reply to the thread, uh, just say you want it and it shall be yours. Sounds good. And if no one wants it, then I will give it to Steven next time he plays a Pokemon game.
0: Sure. I'll take it. I think, I, (laughs) I think I already got Darkrai on Omega, but I think you can use it on a few other games like X and Y and stuff, right?
1: Yep. Of course. Yeah.
0: So yeah, if you guys don't get off your ass and, uh, and submit mm. the, in the thread that you want it, then I'm going to have to just take it from my uh, ex. Boom. And it just might sit there and not never be used. So please, give it a good home. Yep. So I don't, <laughs> so I don't put it in its own little cage, its cart cage, and no. it just sits there to rot. I know. It's so sad. So, well, that's very generous of you, Joe. Oh, yeah, very generous, yes. Um, I've actually had some generosity from other users as well. Uh, most recently, Game Dad Grant, uh, who was thinking of me when he gets his codes and... Um, I live pretty far away from GameStop, and I mean it's it's bad enough if they're giving away one per person and then they run out. But if they're giving out two, I mean that's that makes it a little bit harder for people around there to get them. But hey, at least you're doing the right thing and sharing it. So yeah, totally fantastic. I really don't understand why there has to be paper codes, regardless. You know, like you'd think they could do this a different way. But I guess the whole point is GameStop wants you to come in in the store. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's more GameStop's issue than Nintendo's. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, okay, again, Darkrai, mentioned it to Joe. And um, with that, I guess we can close out the show. Let's do. Um, thank you, Joe, for your time and, uh, and efforts here with me.
1: Thank you, Stephen. You do an amazing job every time of painstakingly organizing all of these, uh, not only the submissions... Uh, who they came from, where the game is from, the link to the YouTube channel—you get the music downloaded and ready to listen to. So a lot goes into this, and uh, I know I wouldn't do it. So thanks a lot.
0: Well, you're welcome, and uh, I appreciate it. You know, it does—it is a good amount of work, but I find some gratification in doing so. So, um...
1: and you, as we've established, you you love organizing things and making mm-hmm. spreadsheets anyway.
0: So, oh yeah. Well, oh, I can just say, "Hey, Joe, go look in the threads Tell I me mean, what you like." No, of course we got to be able to have you know check off what we what we want right. to go for, and then talk it out, and and then plus we have a record now that will never oh, yeah. be gone of what it was in case you know the thread ever gets deleted or something. We have this whole long thing: what user, what game, what system. Mm-hmm. You know, the level of nerddom that I have in me is uh, on record for all of eternity. The nerddom is strong with this one. <laughs> well said. So thank you to the listeners though. I hope you enjoy the show of sports themes and Pokemon themes. and we're going to send you out with our 15th and final song as we do. Uh, this time we're going to take it from the sports themes. and uh, this is actually one of my favorite N64 games, Mario Golf 64. Mm. And the song is going to be Toad Highlands. We're going to play it in its entirety as we send off the show. But I want to make a special thanks to a user named Rocket over at NinTemple. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Well, he actually submitted this. So we typically use negative rollers, you know, in this community. But, you know, Joe obviously created NinTemple some time ago, and I'm a member there as well. And uh, I kind of mentioned to the guys over there, uh, the guys and gals, and they're kind of interested in, in this, too. So, you know, they might throw their hat into the ring once in a while. And in this case, Rocket threw a couple, and this one stuck, you know, like a piece of cooked spaghetti. <laughs> and um, and here it is. Thanks, everyone, and have a, have a good one.
1: Thank you. Later. Bye-bye.